Welcome to episode 200 of Shanlin on Batman. I am your host, Justin Shanlin, with my co-host, Kyle Davis. What it do, what it do. On tonight's episode, it's going to be a heavy spoiler episode where we talk about the latest DC film, The Flash. And many of you have probably not seen The Flash based off of the overall box office of the last two evenings. Um, this film is going to make less than Black Adam. <laughs> so, the opening weekend's already done worse than Black Adam. <laughs> um, so yes, episode 200. So if you've been around uh, with this podcast now since our inception, what was it, like nine, ten years ago? We want to thank you for being here with us through those times. So this is going to be episode 200 which with our Flash review. Um, like I said, this is going to be heavy spoilers. So if you plan on seeing The Flash, you know, this evening or tomorrow or the next few days, just wait on listening to this episode um, because we're going to be talking heavy spoilers, even though most of the spoilers have been, you know, shown on Twitter already. So... Um. Yeah, like this is gonna be this could this episode could go off the rails real quick, just like the movie did. Um. How do we want to do this, Kyle? Like, do you want to just like start just talking about the positives, the negatives? You know, seeing this film, like, like what? What's how do we want to do this tonight? Since right. it's been a minute. I got like, here, here's how here's how we'll do it. I got a question for you. I have an what, answer. What was your expectation going into the theater? Like I, I know there have been a lot of leaks and a lot of discussions about the movie leading up to the release of it. But like, what was your thoughts actually going into the theater and sitting down, getting ready to watch it? Um. So my overall impression, based on. You know, the CinemaCon, Tom Cruise, Jane Smith, Terry Crews, all these different people um, said that this was a wonderful film. And so my expectations, I wouldn't say were like high, but like I thought like this film was going to be like across the Spider-Verse good. Like I knew like I knew that the ending of the film was going to be problematic because um, of all the reshoots that were they were doing, and like there's an article that just dropped like a couple hours ago talking about those uh those uh the, those ending reshoots. So Kyle, if you can find that, a Hollywood Reporter did that, if I remember correctly. Um, but my expectations were like, all right, we're gonna get one. I mean, James Gunn, David Zaslav said this is the best superhero movie that they've seen. One of the one of their favorites. James Gunn says he loved the film. And my expectations are like, all right, like this is gonna be, you know, the first two acts are gonna be really good, and then they're gonna stumble at the end. Um, those were my, those were what I was thinking about going into the film. 
Mm-hmm. Sat down and watched the film. I really disliked the opening. And, like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, let's like, like, I can't believe they did that. I remember listening to John Campia, a couple other people. They were saying, oh, my God, I can't believe that, you know, this, the opening of this film is just, like, the, like, as good as, like, the Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. And I have to admit, I really did not like the opening of this film. Like, I know that there's some controversy going around with, you know, the baby in the microwave, and I definitely think that's problematic. But my overall impression was the opening was boring, unimaginative. Um, I really thought, you know, that the stuff with Batfleck in it, like, was cool. And then there was, like, other things I'm like, wait, why is this – why is Batman's mouth not moving and words are coming out of it? Did you notice that? I didn't see a little bit of that, yeah. Like, I'm just like, what is happening? Like, and like, there, like, the action with Batman was really cool and everything, but like, I just really did not care for like the stuff leading up to, you know, where he's in like the, you know, the brunch place or like breakfast, pl- the restaurant or whatever coffee shop. Like, I'm like, all right, this is kind of funny, but like, I really didn't care for it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, my, that was, those were like, and that kind of like set the stage for like what was to come. Um, like I was like distracted. Yeah, it, from this whole it, you're right. It is kind of like a microcosm of this whole film, where it's like there's a really cool element here and there, and then surrounding that, there's a lot of cringe and bad visual effects. Yeah, the visual effects were really bad, and like they, like we were prepared for that. Like they, you know, for the last couple of weeks, that you know, they've been saying like, oh my goodness, the visual effects are bad and everything, and. I gotta admit though, like I knew the visual effects were not great, and so I went in expecting that. I was still very put off by just how bad they looked. <laughs> like, and, like those uh, the abominations of like babies at the beginning, looking like Play-Doh, and um, <laughs> later on when we actually get into the Speed Force and we see the like PS3 graphic representations of other actors, I'm like, what is going on, bro? PS3. This is. I thought they were PS3. No exaggeration. This is probably one of the ugliest movies I have ever seen. <laughs> for those, for that reason alone. Um, and like, what's interesting about that is, like, the filmmakers, like, oh, that was intentional. I was like, if that was intentional, you would have come out and said, hey, you know, people are really distracted by the CGI, but you know, they would have said that like months ago when cinema, like. Like, they were doing reviews and everything. I feel bamboozled. Like, honestly. I was telling this this to someone yesterday. I feel bamboozled. Like, everyone was hyping this movie. Everyone was saying how great it was. It's the best DC movie since The Dark Knight. Right, right. That's what I I saw that. I saw that a couple times. And it's not. It's not the best movie since The Dark Knight. It's not the best DC film. It's not the best DCEU film. It's not not the best film of the year. (laughs) Like it's not the it's not the best film of the summer. This movie is full of problems, and like I'm not trying to be negative. There's a bunch of positive things to talk about, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to turn any of the listeners off by you know our you know thoughts on it. And I was very honest with you know because out of my like out of the theater like tweet, I said the movie's fun. Seeing Keaton back is amazing. Like my adult self really enjoyed that. Sasha Cali needs to have her own film. 
But this film is flawed. This film is riddled with con- it's it's a convoluted mess. Mm-hmm, and yeah. I, I, like honestly, I was really distracted. So I'm going to ask you the same question that you asked me, Kyle. What did you? What were your expectations when you went and sat down? And were those expectations met or what? Yeah. So I'm sure everybody uh, over our long time listeners already know that I'm not quite as like in tune with the general DC fandom as maybe Justin is, but. Even I had heard some rumblings like, oh, the CGI is not great, but it's a fun movie. There's a lot of cameos. to ex- You can expect a lot of cameos. Uh, maybe the ending is not uh, as cohesive as we'd have hoped for, but like, it's still a general fun movie and people enjoyed it. I'm like, okay. So I went in expecting I was just going to you know, get a fun time, fun movie, nice popcorn flick. But like, from the very opening uh, section with the baby shower, I was like, oh boy, this is going to be a rough ride. I can already tell. Yeah. So the baby shower. The baby shower, yeah. So, like, even before we get to the baby shower, like, when he's in that shop, the coffee shop, getting his food, I see what they're going for, but I was like, oh, this, the, the humor's not really landed for me just yet. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't finding it funny. I was just like, it's kind of awkward. I kind of felt the Justice League humor, to be honest. A lot of the humor in this movie feels like Justice League humor. I hate to admit it. <laughs> but yeah, like we get to the baby shower. And it's like, yeah, the Ben Affleck scenes are really cool. And I'm like, wow, we're actually getting like a glimpse of what a Ben Affleck solo Batman movie could have looked like. And right. it was really awesome. I really enjoyed that part. P.S. P.S. I hate that fucking suit. I was just going to say, yeah, the suit they chose for him for some reason is weird it's it's ugly i don't know why he have like the the holes in the the chest that area there like it's it's just it's a weird not, design like, stomach plates and everything like i like and i think ben affleck is probably the best live action and like his bbs and justice league suits are amazing and it has nothing to do with it being blue and gray I actually like didn't have a problem with it no it like the colors are fine amazing. it's just like the the choice the, of material and the shape of it, just none of it, just doesn't. It doesn't like even come together. Stomach stuff, like this, like, like I don't know, if, I don't know if the, like he's wearing that stuff because he's on that bat cycle, or something, or I, I, I thought it was ugly. I, it's one of the worst live action bat. It, it's probably the worst live action Batman suit in a film. <laughs> yeah, and that's, and like it actually might be worse than the Go- the Gotham TV show bat suit. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm being serious. Like I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. It's not a good suit. And like and like the cow looks CGI too. Like the cape was definitely CGI. Yeah. Like, we we were talking about that cape in one of our trailer breakdowns, and here we are like months later and it still looks equally bad in the final film. It's like they just stopped working on the CGI. <laughs> <laughs> so like we can't find CGI artists that will work for slave wages. It, it, what are we supposed to do? Um. So the baby shower, the bat. You know, the you, you were saying that you know this was <sighs> yeah. So the cool, baby shower, a cool. Well, you were before I interrupted. You know, with the shitty bat suit, you were talking about how you know this would be kind of like a cool. Uh, I guess parallel to what you know a, a solo back yeah, like, like a glimpse of what could have been. Yeah. Right. So like I really enjoyed the little bits of Batfleck we got in this film. Like I think his action sequences here during the, the, yes. the bike chase was great. Uh him mm-hmm. actually like 
beating ass on the bridge was pretty cool. Um, it, felt, it felt like the animated series a little bit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, that was all good. And even afterwards, like, just before Barry decides he's going to go back in time, he's having that talk of Bruce. And mm-hmm. I think the dialogue that Ben Affleck was given was just, like, really good. Like, really well written, really well delivered. I was like, man, this is great. Right. And then we don't see Ben Affleck again for the rest of the movie. <laughs> um, wait, so speaking of the ba- baby shower sequence, like, I kind of get what they were trying to do with that. They were trying to do, like, X-Men Days of Future Past. Yeah, they're, uh, they're trying to harp on that whole, uh, oh, he's uh, moving so fast that time slows down around him. And he's, like, right. doing weird, goofy things while trying to save people. Like, I, I understand what they're going for. He made a burrito. He put a kid in a microwave. Yeah, it's he just like, <laughs> the way he goes about it. So not only is the CGI on, like, the babies and the people that are falling just really bad. It's like, yeah, he's putting a baby in a microwave. And... He, they all look like really he, horrible, like dolls. They do, yeah. He's like shooting uh, propane tanks in the direction of a baby to try and like push something out of the way, and it's like, okay, I get it. He he's not the most responsible of heroes, so we we've already established that. Right. <laughs> but it's like, oh man, the way this is like just going down is weird, and then. There's even the line after he saves the babies and that one nurse shows up. He's like, oh, don't forget to go uh, go seek therapy after this. You know, we're not very good at that. It's like, okay. <laughs> like, I, I totally like, the whole dialogue he delivers is awkward. That, I, it's probably I, I, intentional. Like, um, when he, I remember that line now. He's like, yeah, you know, just the Justice League isn't really good at that stuff. <laughs> we're not very like, good at mental health. <laughs> I'm like... I'm like, okay, is that a wink at wink to Ezra Miller, like, being, like, not all, like, mentally there? I mean, he's the one that said it, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that sequence is so, it, like, it's not, it's uninspired, it's not interesting. And I just remember listening to all these people, you know, talk about, you know, that it's what, like it's such a great sequence. The Batman stuff is really good, but there's moments in it where I'm just like completely removed from the scene because like the, that moment where you hear Batman talking to the Flash and his mouth is not moving and he like he is speaking. I'm like, what? Yeah, bar- apparently Batman became a telepath. We didn't even realize it. Like, there's $330 million that has been wasted on this film, and we couldn't figure out a way to cut away from that. <laughs> like, we couldn't um, cut away and just have, like, the flash in his ear, like, finger to his ear, listening to the earpiece as Batman is talking. Like, I'm just like, what? Like, that removed me. And, yeah. like, for the movie like i'm not gonna like lie. just a me off the bat because between like the lip flaps and the ugly cgi and the babies i'm like all right we are uh we are going to be in for quite the ride in this movie i can tell and and like like i like i said i'm i'm not gonna lie like i am was super distracted throughout the rest of the movie and like i wasn't even, like on my phone or anything i'm just like i'm like this is like uninspired it's uninteresting it's feels bloated and there are moments in this film that I really enjoy. I thought the emotion was good. But I don't know if you answered um, 
your like expectations you know did yeah. you see all the all the kind of like oh my god this movie's so great that there was definitely a lot of that like oh it's the best thing since the dark knight and oh my god it's you know i'm glad that the dceu is like ending with a bang you know but like uh i i'm just gonna come out and say that i don't think that is what we got no i don't think so either i i i was say this it's not the worst dc movie no. it, it's definitely not the worst it has a lot of good moments uh but it is contrasted by a lot of very low lows sprinkled throughout the film and mm-hmm. we'll probably get more into that like when we as we progress to this review and get to our final thoughts but yeah, it just kind of leads to a very bumpy and uneven experience. And as soon as I start to kind of get back into it, I'm like, okay, yeah, I like where this is going. I'm excited about what's happening. We kind of immediately pump the brakes and we kind of take a detour and go off into some other weird direction that just leaves me confused and perplexed for a few minutes. Um, I completely lost my train of thought. Because, oh, oh, I was going to say, like, this movie, and I was telling them, someone asked me, he's like, if you were to compare this film to other superhero films, what would you, how would you compare that? Since Spider-Man 3 came yeah, to mind. That, yeah, that's a good one. Um, uh, X-Men Apocalypse came to mind. X-Men um, The Last Stand. Uh, I would, yeah. X-Men The Last Stand. Just kind of like weird, like narrative choices in that film. Like I remember, I remember in that film, like, like something happens and like Storm and Wolverine are running down the steps and everything. And like, it was just, that's a weird movie. <laughs> Um, remember when Cyclops went to the lake and Jean Grey popped out? Oh, Apparently, she was just alive the whole time, waiting for him to show up. Like, just a, <laughs> there's just so many weird narrative choices in this film, and like, so, so Barry goes, and you know, I guess he talks to Bruce, and you know, talk about like, you know, because he Barry wants to. Barry, yeah, Barry gets the idea uh, after talking to Iris about going back in time and undoing, and like the uh, Speed Force stuff, the, the like, that Speed Force stuff, the Speed Force stuff, like that Speed Bubble or whatever they call that. Like, I didn't care for that at all. Yeah, even if the visuals were better, I I kind of agree with you. I don't know if I would have liked that concept. It, it's just awkward. Like, where he's he, like, I go so fast, but then all of a sudden I'm in a bubble running in place, and that puts me. Like, on a track that goes back in time. It's just a weird concept. And, like, and the, like none of that was explained. They didn't explain why that happened. And, and like, to me, it just felt like they filmed everything on, like, like a really small set. Yeah. And there was just, like, a really They're like, small... All right, we're, Mezzer, we're going to need you to stand in place and run like it's a treadmill. And of course, he does his uh, his and, awkward and not run. Only, not only that, like, when, yeah, like, and then they go, and when they go to, uh, like, at the end, I know we're not there yet, but like, even like the when the worlds are colliding, like everything seems like super small and like super close. I'm just like, all these worlds are this close together, and it just feels like J- it Justin, feels what, like you, you're what are you at, talking like, the, about? The been... the green bubble when that got knocked into the blue bubble. Well, that's a big freaking like deal. Base- have you ever been to a minor league baseball game? No, I got better things or to like do. Than- I got better things to do than watch minor league baseball. It, like so, like you're like really <laughs> close and everything. Like every everything's like much smaller in comparison to like an MLB stadium. That's it, or like arena football league. 
Like, I'm just like, did they film this in, like, an arena football league stadium? Because everything is, like, really close and just made no set. Like, I'm just like, uh. um. So Barry gets the idea from that, from that uh, moment where he goes back in time because he sees, like, this day. He sees that, like, day reverse. He, he goes back to the beginning of the baby shower and he's like, oh, my God, I can do this? So, and then he gets that idea of, you know, tr- like, trying to... Which which brings up an interesting continuity question, because we've seen him go back in time in, um, I think it was Zack Snyder's Justice League. Mm-hmm. But apparently he doesn't remember ever being able to do that, so the, apparently this is not in that continuity of Zack Snyder's Justice League. I didn't understand that either. And, like, that's why I said, like, that, the Speed Force in that was way more interesting than that, like, Speed Force in this. Oh, yeah. The way it was depicted in Justice League was so much more interesting. Um, and so he, he meets, uh, Iris and everything, because, you know, even, like, even the stuff with Barry going to, like, the crime lab was super tongue-in-cheek and really just uninspired and unimaginative. Aren't you so glad that they spent, like, three minutes setting up and introducing these, like, rude co-workers just so that they could show back up later in the movie as, like, stoners? Yeah, but that's in a different... That's in a different world, remember, Kyle? I know, but it's like, why are we spending time introducing his, like, dick co-workers and then they just like disappear for half the movie <laughs> i'm just like i don't understand the direction this movie is going in it's so weird the writing is so amateurish and like everyone says that christina hodson's like this great writer i'm like no have you seen birds of prey did we remember that a bit that abysmal movie like Just, i don't care what that Rock justin there was did. a hyena in that movie what's not to like about it and like and like I'm just like the whole tomato can thing was so uninspired. I'm just like, really? The fate of this? Like, it's just like it's like the sequence. The fate in of Bird- the world was determined by a can of tomatoes. And like, remember in Birds of Prey, like she, her whole motivations to get like a sandwich. Yeah. Okay, I forgot about that. <laughs> like, I'm just like, like, why is this like? I don't know. So. So Bruce and Barry have that conversation. Bruce is kind of like warning, hey, you know, if you do this. <laughs> this is a bad can, idea. You... Don't do it. And like he's explaining and Barry and Barry's explaining, well, you know, like if I do this, you know, I can save my parents. I can save your parents. And Bruce is like, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe fate and what we're doing now essentially is like more important than, you know, the, the grief and the loss that we've had. Bruce is talking about Bruce is talking about, you know. How alone is and like I'm like wow this is really sharp I like this writing I like the direction I think this is like this is like this is like definitely what Bruce Wayne would say yep you know like I really like this and then and then he has he goes and to- can I can I just say that it's really disappointing that we have this this version of Bruce Wayne who's like Ezra's best friend Ezra's right. best friend. He, he then ignores the advice, goes back in time, gets into shenanigans, and then by the end of the movie, when he realizes his mistake and tries to undo things, he's not able to reunite with Ben Affleck's Batman. 
he gets stuck well, with a different well, Batman. We'll get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll I'm just saying, though, it's really disappointing that he that. he never got to, like, reconnect with Bruce that Bruce Wayne and be like, you know what? You were right. I should have listened to you. You know, like, like let's 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 make our bond even stronger. It, it, it never goes in that direction. Um, I definitely, I definitely, uh, I definitely understand what you're saying because you're the, the nothing like in reality, nothing is getting like, like moments aren't paid off correctly in my opinion. So, um, I'm trying to find this article. Um, so he, in like at this point, so Iris is in the apartment and, you know, they're talking and he comes up and she says something, if I remember correctly, and comes up with this idea of going back in time. And then he leaves the apartment really weird. <laughs> he leaves her in the apartment. Like, yeah, I'm just like, that. that's weird. That Like, it's not funny to me. I don't know. Like, like I get it. Barry Allen is like very socially awkward. He does things like this, but. I can only take seeing that so much before I'm just like, I don't want to see this anymore. <laughs> Let's stop it. Um, like, I'm getting secondhand and, embarrassment for the characters. Um, And then he goes back in time and he goes into this new world and then, like, that dark flash like, <laughs> yeah. knocks... <laughs> okay, yeah. So when that happened, I just had to stop and go, why in the world is Barry just like, I know I just got punched out of the speed force by like a weird looking monster thing, but I'm going to, I'm going to go talk to my parents and pretend like nothing bad's happening. <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? How do you get knocked out of the speed force by like, he, even if he doesn't realize it's another flash, he gets knocked out of the speed force by like some creature. He's just like, Oh, well that's kind of weird. Anyways, <laughs> Like, what, like, is, what is going and, on? And, like, what, that moment is, like, I was literally, like, looking away. I'm like, is anyone enjoying this right now? Cause, and, like, that happened. And, like, if you were not paying attention, because I looked as it was happening, I was like, you would have missed it. Yeah, for, like, being the inciting incident that, like, not, that gets everything in motion. It's like, okay, okay all right, moving on. And why was it not first Flash who did this? Why was it like weird, dark, Barry Allen? Dark, Savitar, Flash. I, I don't know. I have I have a lot of thoughts on the implementation of Dark Flash in this movie. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> oh, like what, what? Once we actually get to the part where he like actually shows up for the main conclusion of the movie, it's just it, like, phenomenal. Like. The like the dark berry, the dark flash is inaudible. I couldn't understand what the fuck he was saying. I'm being serious. I, I honestly don't remember anything he said. I, I think he says something about uh, trying to trying to right the wrongs of everything, and you know, like, like uh, I, I I am the grand orchestra of everything. I'm the one that's you know made sure you gave me my powers in the first place. So so we're so. Barry see so Barry robs a lady of her clothes, an old lady of her clothes. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like this shit is not funny. It's like really bad tongue in cheek. Like, like the Marvel stuff's pretty funny, 
You know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of like it's kind of witty. It's kind of sharp. Here's kinda what I'll say about this... Marvel humor: it's usually kind of funny, but they just have the time in Ron. Like they'll use it to lessen the impact of an actual important scene. In this, mm-hmm. it was just like unfunny, constant, like throwing darts at the wall kind of humor. I'm just like, this is not funny. What if we had him steal um, this old this old couple's clothing? And then his mom is like, what the heck are you wearing? And like, and like, and and so he goes from the world where his mother is dead, his father's in prison. And he, so like, there's like an inception sequence in this film where the entire, like, they're trying to, Barry's trying to find a way to update this grainy video inside of a convenience store to show that his dad could not have killed his mother. Yeah. And so they update it like Wayne tech updates it. And um, because it's updated, he doesn't get to see his face. And that kind of plays into a factor at the end of the film where you finally get to see his face. I know we're kind of jumping ahead, but so but he goes into this new world and both his parents are alive. Barry's in college. And so, but Barry has to go take a shit. <laughs> Funnily you say that. I think that line might have got the biggest laugh out of the crowd in my youth theater. No, no um, joke. That was that was the joke that got the biggest laugh in my theater. Was Barry going, like the- oh shit, I gotta take a shit. <laughs> Like the, it's like if Kevin Smith wrote a fucking comic book movie. Like it, like this stuff is funny. Like in the '90s, it's not funny now. Um, no, no offense to Kevin Smith, I love most of his stuff, but like to me, like the the gravity of this character, you know, the importance of you know the emotions of all the stuff is more important than someone. I gotta take a shit, and I gotta go outside and take a shit. Like what? <laughs> Yeah, so um, we get the clashing of the berries. Uh, younger, eighteen-year-old Barry shows up, and Ezra, uh, the future Barry Allen, it's like, oh, okay, we gotta, you know, I gotta make sure that you know the parents don't see us both in the same room. You know, we just gotta mm-hmm. try to keep the hush hush and do our thing. Then comes like a very, another very questionable decision in my, in my opinion, where future Barry is like, wait a second, what day is it? Oh my god! This is the day I'm supposed to get my powers, right? So we gotta get you your powers. And I'm t- and I'm yeah. So he says, "Oh, I gotta get, I gotta take you over to Star Labs to get you the no to get your powers." Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to thinking like, why the heck are you doing that? Like you you are already in a different timeline. Like very clearly, this is not <laughs> very clear. It doesn't matter if he gets his powers or not, since it, it doesn't affect you. I didn't understand that either. I didn't understand like why did why did he need to have why did that Barry need to have his powers? His parents are alive. Why does he need to be a hero? Right, like I guess future Barry assumes that oh well, if eighteen year old Barry doesn't get his powers, then I don't get my powers. Which what, that, no, like, <laughs> that, that doesn't make any sense. Um, it's just another it's, example of I don't think this movie really has a, a clue how it's time travel works no and like and like i remember in x-men days of future past one of the like the great things about that film is it explains 
how the time travel works. It sets up the rules. It sets up like, all right, you know, like we're this, like there's no like rhyme or reason for why things happen. Like Bruce kind of like, Hey, if, like you touch a blade of grass, like things could like really mess up. Yeah. But if there's so nothing, future Bird is like, we're going to break in the star labs and give you superpowers. <laughs> it's like, Oh, okay. And then, and, okay. So, and so, like, another thing I didn't understand. So, and this is when we were going to really get into, like, spoilers. So, Barry, older Barry, kind of, like, so older Barry kind of explains, hey, you know, like, how important it is, you know, that this happens. I, I guess that happened. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm mistaken there. But Barry kind of, like, talks about, like, he doesn't even tell him, like, his parents, does he even say he's, like, mom's dead or something? Like, the implications of why I'm here, why I need to do this? No, so he, he hides that information from him until, uh, like, almost the very end, like, when he's still in the Batcave. Um, and then, so, he goes, they go to Star Labs, and older Barry accidentally gets in the between him and the, um lightning flash and the lightning takes away his powers but it gives his powers yeah so, so basically he accidentally Barry. transfers his powers to the younger Barry. but it made no sense because he just gets his powers later to do the same thing yeah it, it is very frustrating that they did this because it's like okay so we gotta take away older Barry's powers just to explain why he can't just go back in time and undo things that's not happening already, I guess. Like, the the writers were like, oh man, we can't have the Flash with his powers because the stuff that we wrote wouldn't make sense otherwise. So we gotta write a reason why he doesn't have powers, even though that doesn't make any sense. Um... So, and then the two thing. The two thing? Yeah, where, where he loses his tooth. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I like, I guess they're like, all right, we need a way to show that his body is not regenerating as fast as it normally would. So we're going to, we're going to knock out a tooth and make it so he can't put the tooth in. And when I, I I'm like, you could have just gave him a cut. Like. He he was struck by lightning. Like we didn't need to do the whole tooth thing. Like and like the tooth thing at the end of the film doesn't make sense either. Does that mean? Does that mean that he lost his powers again? Because the last time we saw him without <laughs> right. Oh god, the implications of that. I don't get it. it I, makes I, I, I think, I think they thought that him ha- not having a tooth would just be really funny, and so it's they're not. like, "All right, we gotta." Write a scene where he loses a tooth because, ha ha, funny. When it's not and then, funny. And then, and then young Barry uh, begins to use his powers out in, like, the street and causes some sort of, uh, like, the power gets knocked out. <laughs> yeah, and he, like, knocks that power to the whole city. <laughs> and then that, he's naked, which I thought was just, like, really bizarre. It was unfunny. I, I will say, like, uh, in concept, him, like, causing a, a blackout's kind of funny. But yeah, him like being out there nude and like flashing everybody, it's very awkward, especially considering it's Ezra Miller doing it. Yes, and it was very uncomfortable knowing that 
was a thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like implications, the accusations of Ezra Miller, the person. And then that sequence was very off putting and quite frankly, uncomfortable for me. I'm just like, they could like, it just, I'm like, what? There's a it's lot. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I do not need to see. And Ezra Miller's butt cheeks are absolutely one of those things. And it wasn't like just a quick thing. It was like pretty no, extensive. He, he loses all of his clothes like two or three times in a matter of five minutes. <laughs> I'm and, just and like, like, why are we doing and like this? Two and a half minutes, you see his ass or him, you know, kind of like nude. It's and like and like and like older bears like hey like be careful because you know you know when you get when you go super fast like you know friction you know burns things and everything and then like I like honestly like I thought that Ezra did a really great job in the role as both the older Barry and the younger Barry and being able to really make those two characters so discernible so different from each other yeah. Like the eighteen-year-old Barry was kind of like that annoying little brother that you have, but the older Barry has to be, you know. And like I, I will say, um, his portrayal of the annoying younger Barry was pretty good because I, I was just constantly thinking to myself, "Can he please uh, shut the hell up? I do not want to hear younger Barry Allen talk anymore." And he just would not shut up. I was like um, crawling out of my, my out of my seat because I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't handle." Like it's already bad enough hearing Ezra Miller talk. I'll be honest; like I don't like his voice. But then having both of them on screen, just constantly talking back and forth, I was like, "Oh my god, I cannot take this anymore." <laughs> That's funny. Uh, like I, I, I really liked him as the older Barry, like the older, like more experienced like Barry, the younger like one. Uh, mission accomplished, I guess, but like I, I really could have used less of him. Um, and so they that happens, and they go back to his apartment, and like his apartment, his like this is where things kind of get lost for me. So they go back, and like his friends, younger Bear's friends are there, and. Um, they're talking about, you know, the Back to the Future stuff was really funny. I, I really like that. Or they're talking about, like, Eric Stoltz, you know, being, you know, Marty McFly and Older Bears. Like, no, Michael J. Fox yeah. is... That that was McFly. honestly a pretty good way to, like, kind of clue the audience in that, hey, there's actually a lot different in this timeline <laughs> other than just the fact there's two berries. Like, things are substantially different, but... You know, they kind of just kept harping in on that. Like, I think that, like, oh, you know, who played uh, so-and-so in Back to the Future kind of went on for a really long time. Like, they they brought it up, and then they moved on, but then they went back to it, and then they started talking about other movies with different actors. I'm like, okay, like, I got it the first time. We don't need to do this the second time. I didn't have a problem with it. That was not an issue for me. Um... And then what was the, why did they have to go see, what was the inciting incident for him to go see Bruce Wayne? I don't remember that. Um, Yeah, so he was trying to find the other metahumans, and he realized, like, oh, oh Cy- right. Cyborg doesn't exist, Aquaman doesn't exist. But then one of the roommates co- like makes mention of Batman, he's like, wait a second, 
Batman exists. Hold, okay, we, we we gotta go see Batman. He, he'll know what to do. And like, and so like, they go to Wayne Manor, and like, how did how does Barry not know that that's not like like Ben Affleck, Batflex, Wayne Manor? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, as soon as he pulls up, he's like, does he mention anything? This doesn't look familiar. Like, I think what they're saying is like, yeah. I I remember him making a comment like, oh, you paint, Bruce? I didn't know you painted. Uh, Like, (laughs) but I don't think it makes mention of like, wow, he he lives in a gothic castle in this timeline. Yeah, but there's like no, there's like, yeah, there's like no, like, oh my goodness. is Is this the right, is this the right place? Because I don't remember this being like. Bruce's Wayne Manor, it, like, I, it, it, like, and then, and then we see, uh, the great Michael Keaton, and, like, his entrance was really interesting, um, and, like, like, here's, like, to me, like, the best part of the movie, to me, the best part of the movie is when Michael Keaton showed up, because things were tighter, like, the story made more sense, even though I didn't care for, like, the, the spaghetti scientific theory on that, I was like, is there a better way that he could have done this? Because, yeah. because Bruce Bruce is like very scientific, and I'm just like, really spaghetti? They're gonna use spaghetti? I didn't have, really have a problem with that. I'm just kind of like, is there, is there? To me, it, was, it comes down to like the amateurish writing. But then again, I was like, well, this, but, yeah. this kind I, of ingenious. I think it got way. the point they were trying to make across well enough. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not too and, upset and, about like, that. And like my so my problem with the Michael Keaton stuff, and it's and like I think Michael Keaton like this is like the best he's been. Like Michael Keaton's done a lot of stuff: Birdman, Spotlight. Oh yeah, he's been great recently. Yeah, like what a national treasure. My problem isn't his acting; it's just kind of like there's some things I have issues with. They literally spend all their time in Wayne Manor in the kitchen or the Batcave or Bruce's room when he's like when he's like patching himself up after. Um, and like there's no mention of like the events that kind of like took place. Like to me, that would have been instead of having those like moments, the events you know, of uh, the Tim Burton Batmans. Yeah, like so you know how we we're just talking about how. You know, they were talking about all those movie things that change and everything. Why couldn't there have been like, why couldn't have there been information about you know like here's what's been going on the last twenty or thirty years. Here's the events. You know, they did they did pull. They, there were some you know callbacks or some winks towards you know you know the past the salt thing because that's a pretty significant thing in the in the eighty nine where you know. Um, Bruce and Vicky Vale are in, you know, Wayne Manor and, you know, Vicky Vale goes, could you pass the song? And he has to get up and, you know, walk that over there. So that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, the, the Joker bag that kind of laughed. Yep, that, there, I saw that bag. That was a nice little nod. And like, I, so like to me, like not having like callbacks of like, you know, hey, this is what happened. You know, like I fought the Joker, I fought the Penguin, or you know, I had to arrest. Right. You know, my friend like, Harvey. Here, here's an idea. You know how we had those like stoner roommates that were like, "Oh yeah, Batman, yeah, right." Mm-hmm. Why couldn't one of them have been like, "Remember when that Penguin Man almost became the mayor?" Yeah, like something like that. Like something like that um, would have been really funny. <laughs> um, 
And like, so like, I have problem with that. I have problem with like, I'm just like, all right, I like, and I said this on the last podcast. I said, I'll be very upset if they do not use the Batmobile. They did not use the Batmobile once. It just it just showed on appeared on screen for a couple seconds and that was it. I'm just like you have the most iconic Batmobile in your in your film. I have waited 30 years. My adult self has waited 30 years to see a high speed chase with that Batmobile. Because my big my big my big issues with those Burton films is like there's not like a real strong Batmobile chase. You know we got yeah. a good one in. Begins, probably the best Batmobile chase when Batman Begins. You had a decent one in the Batman. You had one even in Batman Forever. I mean, but even Batman the, and Robin. They're... Batmobile chases are like an iconic part of Batman movies. But despite being the most popular, like the most iconic Batmobile, it's not had like a chase scene that really right. matches its reputation. Like I said, you go back, I'm pretty sure I said, you know, I'll be upset if that doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Doesn't and like happen. it's just weird. Just like, but I would say that this part of the film, as as it's strongest, you know, you get the emotion. You know, he, you know, there's that sequence where um, Bruce is kind of Bruce. You know, you know, dresses up, shaves his beard, cuts his long hair. Um, were you? But before we get into that, into anything further, what did you think of Bruce? You know that kitchen sequence the long hair the look apparently so, he's a great cook <laughs> loves spaghetti i'm not gonna lie when he showed up with like the long hair and was kind of like oh intruders i'm gonna fight him off pardon me was like oh my god they are luke skywalkering michael keaton right now <laughs> thankfully thankfully it doesn't last too long he kind of like settles down it's like all right let me actually talk to these people and figure out what's going on so you know that was kind of a little funny thought i had at first but um honestly the whole part from then till like when they actually leave the bat cave start going on like a mission it's probably the my favorite part of the movie like when we get those scenes where both of the berries are down in the bat cave and they're, they're they're like arguing with each other and uh future berries is like talking to younger Barry about, you know, stuff that's frustrating him and you know, he's he's trying to trying to convince the younger Barry that, you know, with all the everything that's going on, he needs to act a little bit more mature and, you know, take things seriously. Like I I think that was all really, really good, well written character dialogue, well written character mo- motivations and actions. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Like the movie was like really winning me back where all that was going on. And of course with Michael Keaton in the background doing his thing looking as good as ever. Like I, I was really on board with all that. Yeah. It was like real strong. And like, like I didn't like when you were saying, you know, about, you know, Luke Skywalker. I didn't get that. I didn't get that vibe. And that was my, you know, my worry is that they're going to really do things to like, my big problem with the last Jedi is that they made, they gave Luke Skywalker things that weren't like Luke Skywalker. And, and, you know, maybe as a, you know, as a positive thing, they didn't do those callbacks, you know, because it really, to me, like, I don't, like, nothing was done egregious towards, like, our Batman, you know, like, or my Batman anyway. Mm. 
you know, like there's nothing like egregious where I was like, oh my God, I can never watch, you know, like I can never look at Luke Skywalker again, you know, um, and in the same way, like I didn't, I didn't get that feeling walking out because there weren't those callbacks, which might've been a good thing. And like, I thought that Michael Keaton as Batman was really strong in this really like to me, like kind of like the weaker points of, you know, Batman and Batman, Batman returns is the Bruce Wayne things where I thought this one was much, much stronger, but you did like, it's like, like the events of this stuff happen over like a half a day. You know what I'm saying? It's not like a <laughs> thing are vast. So, but there were nothing like egregious. Um, like the stuff in Siberia was really strong. Like I laughed. I laughed when he used a flip phone. That was funny. <laughs> He's like, hold on. Let me just do this for you. It'll be faster. Like that hack stuff is really funny. And yeah, like, like when they're, they're actually going to Siberia to, to break out, who they thought was uh, Superman, I think that was all really good. I, I, that was a fun action sequence. And, th- yes, like, that was really strong. And then, you know, you see the aftermath, what it's done to, what it did to Bruce. You know, he's over here, you know, bloodied up and everything, and, you know, sewing himself up, which kind of, to me, was like a nod to, like, the Dark Knight. Because that sequence kind of happened in the Dark Knight. Um, but, like, I, like, and then it's just, like, they get they get Supergirl out, and she's like, "No, I'm not going to help you because you you everyone imprisoned me." Which I was like, "That's weird. That's a weird choice." And then she sees you know Zod and what Zod's doing, and Zod sees Supergirl, and so I guess she's like, "Oh, let me go back and like let let all these people that just died just lay there." And I'll come back later because I need. Yeah, it it was a little weird. Uh, Like honestly, when um when she gets introduced, and she's like, "No, I'm not going to help you." You know, you're you're a bunch of humans, and uh, the only thing humans have ever done to me is uh, just pain and suffering. Like they they locked me up. So I'm like, oh, you know what? She she kind of has a point. (laughs) Like like humans are a bunch of jerks and. I understand why she doesn't want to help him. But then, like you said, immediately that kind of gets undone because she's like, all right, I'm going to go to the battlefield, see Zod, and she's like, actually, I I, got, I do need help. Let me go back and ask her for help real quick. It's like the Mad Max Fury Road. Like, they go one way, then they turn back around. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but, not, not to jump too far ahead, but I think it was also really funny that like when she goes back, she just kind of shows up while they're in the middle of trying to get uh, Future Barry his powers back. And she doesn't yes. say anything. She just like shows up, picks him up, and then like flies away, and like nobody says anything. <laughs> that was so, and, like, and that was <laughs> like there's so many weird choices in this film, and like so my the biggest egregious moment in this film, other than that ending, that you know that that it wasn't a mid credit sequence, but it's kind of like right before the credits. Is when is when they they okay so they like it was like a really strong sequence you know they Barry gets his powers back and as Barry's getting his powers back you know Bruce is like all right like what'd you like you know 
Like, and he goes, basically, he's like, I'll help you get your powers back. And then you see, you know, they get his powers back, which to me made no sense because they shoot electricity to him, almost dies. And they're like, all right, here's like a good idea. Let's shoot more electricity. Right. right. Like, I thought the thing that gave him his powers was the, like, the electricity with the chemicals. And they do that, you know, like, oh, he gets hit by the lightning and the chemicals splash on him. But it doesn't work, so they're like, uh, uh, we need to shoot him again. <laughs> this time without the chemicals, apparently. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't understand what's going on here. I'm just like, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, like, Are the chemicals not like, a necessary like, part of this equation? Like I said, like the strongest stuff is like when Michael Keaton's in the film. Like when you see Batman in the film, like the, I like really like the action sequence in Siberia was really cool. Like you get to see like him like beat ass, like he's using the batarang, you know, he's being you know a detective. Um, luckily, like Bruce is like that's not that's not Superman. Like let's go and like no, we gotta save this person. So luckily, we save that person. Um, and then like you see, you know, Barry gets his powers back, blah 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 blah. And then so before we move on. I want to get your thoughts on this. Throughout the entire movie, they're like, oh, we got to go save Superman. We got to save Superman. We got to get to Superman. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, why are they, like, trying so hard to make us think they're going to go save Superman when literally every trailer has featured Supergirl? <laughs> like, it was supposed to be a secret, apparently, but, like, all the trailers are just like, Supergirl is in the movie, guys. Get ready oh. for Supergirl. She's even on the poster. So I'm like, I, I don't understand why they're trying to like bait and switch people like that. I didn't. I, I guess I wasn't paying too close to, because I'm just like because because my big egregious thing that happened is um the like the last like 45 minutes. So this is like a fast movie. Like the pacing's pretty strong. It pretty it basically doesn't let up. Um, it's not a boring movie. I'll give it that. No, like it's pretty fast paced. Like there's not a lot of like once it gets once it gets going, it goes and it goes for it. And it's but my big problem with this film is general. So they go out into like the middle of the desert, which I was like, why didn't they do this for Man of Steel? Basically, what they do is they redo, they re, you know, hash the Man of Steel stuff. And then they even talk about, well, they talk about who Zod was and, you know, how Barry, you know, it was his first day as a hero. And he saw um, a dad die, which is supposed to, like, call back to his dad. That moment was pretty funny. I wouldn't say funny, but that was actually a pretty nice moment where we're like, yeah, Barry was at that, you know, in Metropolis during that that sequence is just, you know, he was very inexperienced with his powers, So he wasn't able to make an impact really. Mm -hmm. So, so, uh, Supergirl has a conversation with Zod and like, to me, like they, I felt like this, like this sequence was filmed over like a week because it's so poorly constructed and so poorly conceived um, like this is where like the weight of all, everything kind of just begins to like crumble and collapse the whole movie. 
And like the most egregious thing, other than that, that credit sequence with you know that version of Batman, <laughs> is when Kara's like, "What did you do to Kal El?" And he and basically he's like, "I killed a baby. I, I killed a baby." But it turns out you are the one that had to codex the whole time. <laughs> it's like, wait, why does Kara have the codex in her? I was like, like well, first like of the, all, why would Jor-El that. put the codex in her and not Bruce? <laughs> not Bruce, uh, uh, Clark. It's happened. like, what's going on? That's that, Honestly, that's what happens in that film. I didn't catch that. Because I was yeah. so irritated. Yeah, that, that's why she kind of, she gets all pissed off because he's like, well, uh, you know, we tried to extract it from uh, from Cal, but he didn't have it. But turns out you had it, so we're gonna need to extract it from you. And then she gets all pissed off and it starts attacking him. And I'm just like, why are we retconning this the story in this way? I guess it's just to explain why Zod just doesn't immediately destroy the world. Like, <laughs> like it was a very bizarre choice. So they're like, oh yeah, Kara has the. Kryptonian codex like, in they, they don't explain why they come to Earth, if I remember correctly, which they do really well in Man of Steel. Um, and then, like, them killing off kal was so... such... so off-putting, so egregious, so <laughs> nonsensical. I'm like, what the fuck? We murdered a baby off-screen. And, like, I was like, how are you able to kill kal How are you able to kill Superman? How do you kill Superman? Do you just crush his bones? What the fuck? <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Like, like at this point, I'm just like completely taken out of the movie, and then it gets to the point at where... The, at this point, I'm convinced that some executives at Warner Brothers just hate Superman for some reason. Oh, they do. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's just kind of like, it's just kind of like Warner Brothers is like, like, every time I go into, like, a DC film, like, don't let me down, they let me down. We gotta do everything in our power to piss off Superman fans. <laughs> oh, just wait. Just wait till we talk about this article at the end. Just oh, this yeah. More- this is gonna be great. <laughs> um, and so, like, this is, like, my big, like, the last, like, 45 minutes of the movie. So, Bruce dies, like, three times, I guess. I Like, is he dead? <laughs> is he dead at the end of the movie? Like, the, well, so many things. Technic- were- oh. Technically, Barry has to, like, go back far enough so that, I guess, that timeline doesn't exist. Or, I, I guess the message he, the conclusion he comes to is that this timeline is destined to, like, die by Zod. So, he's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm just going to go back and, like, take a new path. So, like, I, I don't know. I guess that everybody in that timeline just eventually gets killed by Zod. Because he's like, screw this, I'm out. So, so is Michael Keaton dead? Is Michael, that version of Bruce dead? Yeah, Michael Keaton is dead by Zod. <laughs> One way or another, Zod will show up on that planet and terraform it. So then, how does that work in Bat with Batgirl? How is he supposed to show up in Aquaman? What? Just I wanted to make sense. Uh. <laughs> So here's the fun thing, Justin. Do you know how they're going to make it work? They're just going to ignore everything that came before it. They're like, it's worked before and it's going to continue working. I'm like, why? 
So like that was like very ambiguous. Because the same thing is true with Supergirl. Technically, like no matter what happens in that timeline, she will die. Like whether she gets out of the prison or not, she will eventually die to the the Kryptonians. Um. Very, very, very. I and so like and so like this is where things get really murky, and so. They so Batman dies first, right? He dies like he, he uh, yeah he he crashes the plane into the the ship. <laughs> kamikazes. <laughs> oh man, you know I, I was fine with that. Like if Batman wants to go out in a blaze of glory, that's fine by me. But then Barry's like, oh crap, let me let me go back in time and reset this. Because Supergirl dies too. Yeah. So they go back in time. They like restart the fight. But then they also die. They die again in different ways. So future Ezra's like, well, I guess there's nothing we can do. I guess we just gotta give up. I'm like, is that future Ezra? Um, future. Yeah, Barry? future Ezra is like, oh, I guess there's nothing we can do. It's which is weird because it's like, well, I guess we're just gonna give up the war after we lose twice, which is it's kind of lame if you ask me. But all right, we gotta get this movie going along, I guess. Because we gotta get to the um, the climatic battle against Dark Flash, which made no sense. God. Um, so yeah, we we had that tiny glimpse of Dark Flash at the like earlier part of the movie. We don't see or hear any reference of of him until this moment. Where he like shows back up in the Speed Force, and it's like I'm here to kill you so that my future is like secured or something. I I, I don't even, I don't even know what his motivation was. Apparently, he's no, like he was like, all right, I I made sure to knock you out of the Speed Force so that you would make younger Ezra get powers so that I would become a thing, and then I'm going to kill you to make sure I, I can continue doing what I'm doing by messing with timelines. But then he just accidentally stabs younger Barry, and then he's like, "Oh no, I'm dead now." And then that's it. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You're getting a little ahead of yourself. That that was Remember? literally all there was. <laughs> that's all no, there was. No, 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 that's not true because you had all the worlds, sees all the different worlds, sees the PS3 uh, cutscene of all of of Nicolas Cage Superman. Of, they, uh, they just they just sat there and watched all that happen. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the cameos. You see Henry Cavill Superman, which I've never. I'm when I saw that, I was like, "What did they?" It was like that sequence in The Godfather where he's like, "Look how they massacred my Look how boy. they massacred my boy." <laughs> I I don't understand why they had to like use ugly ps3 graphics for him I, i'm sure if they had asked him he would have been like yes i would happily shoot a cameo for you or since they own the other fucking movies yeah just put a man steel clip in there. i'm like what God the damn. fuck oh, and then like like all the all the cameos look like shit and uh, I, I got like, no, the Christopher books. Reeve and the uh, uh, Helen Slater cameo looked just so bad. The Nicolas Cage stuff, like when you don't see up close Nicolas Cage, 
looks kind of strong and uh, like that was there's a pop for that from uh from people in this, in the theater that mind you my theater is half full <laughs> i don't know about your theater but there was like literally no girls and like i'm like the youngest <laughs> person in that theater oh gosh uh, maybe by like 15 to 20 years um i'm like oh my god no one's seeing this fucking movie um what but the cameos, you see a version of the Flash, uh, like, um, a, like an old Jay Garrick, I think, was yeah, in there. Yeah, um, Flash, um, I'm trying to think who else. You see Nick Cage, Superman. You get to see. I mean, we completely forgot to mention anything about Wonder Woman in this movie, right? She shows up. For like ten seconds, we hear her. Like we we hear her freaking theme song again. I am so tired of hearing that. Whenever she shows up on the screen, I'm tired of it. Stop! Just stop it. Nothing. That's why. And then and then she like uses the lasso on Barry, and he's like, "I'm a virgin." And then she leaves. Oh, and there's like there's like weird dick jokes throughout this entire movie too. There are a lot of dick jokes, a lot of dick and balls. I, that's, that's that's why I literally said it's like the Kevin Smith writer drafted this movie. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? I think the oh, um, oh god, when uh, they they go to the prison, uh, they're like Young Flash is like, oh wow, they're keeping Superman in a scrotum. They did not say that. No, he says scrotum. <laughs> yeah, I missed. They that. say scrotum in this movie. I said I was distracted throughout this entire movie. I want to oh, remind oh. our listeners that people got paid a lot of money to write this. <laughs> and they put scrotum and dick jokes in here. <laughs> um all right, back to back to the speed force or the bubble or whatever the fuck this the is. Bubble, the colored bubbles. Like the worlds that are colliding look like there is like that wasn't like to me wasn't explained real well. Um, the cameos look like shit. It was all Superman. Yeah, George Reeves Superman. The only Superman that wasn't in this was Brandon Ralph Superman. Um, oh, God. Could they not have just had Brandon Ralph reprise his role as the Christopher Reeves Superman? I mean, you could, and then we wouldn't have to have CGI'd a dead actor. Like, come on. I mean, and George, and like, I saw a lot of pushback about the George Reeves one because he, a lot of people attribute his death to the role of Superman. So, because he, you know, took his own life, and a lot of people attribute, you know, he was typecast as Superman and could never, you know, get out of that typecast. Jeez. So it's like, ooh, why was this? Why was this not Brandon Routh? And like, people on Twitter were even talking about that. Like, um, I'm trying to think. There's another one. That people were really upset about, and I can't remember uh, off the top of my head which one that was. I think it was the uh, the Flash. I, th- I think something like they didn't have one of the original Flash actors reprise the role, so they used a stunt double or something. But like the cameos were uninspired. There was no one was, other than the Nick Cage one. Like no one was like, yeah, you know, there, you know, you get all those all the cheers in the Marvel movies. There's no cheers in this. Um, yeah. 
like I'm okay with them having cameos in here, but first off, the the choice of cameos was poorly made. The execution of them were poorly made. Like how how do you do a flash movie and like not get Grant Gustin in there like like right. how the disrespect to Henry Cavill just continuing when he's like the the one that started this universe in the first mm-hmm. place. It's just, it's just like why? Um, they so poorly thought out. All these other, you know, they could have they could have had, you know, they could have had J- the Joker from Batman the animated series. They could have had Heath Ledger. They could have had, um, um, I someone said Captain Boomerang showed up, and I didn't see that because I was just like, I'm like, what is this? Why does this look so terrible? Um, it looks horrible. Like yeah. it just looks so bad. And so, and I, and I will Dark- say right now. Might be a um, an appropriate time to mention that um, it was said. I think I think it might have been Andy Muschietti that said this, but the the quality of the CGI, like the the lower quality of it, was intentional. Bullshit. They they, they claim that it was intentionally done so that you would recognize that the stuff in the speed force is not like real life. It, like it is alternate universes. But he, uh, but he also said this is from Barry's perspective. Yeah. It's from his POV. I, I, which... I am, I am with you in calling bullshit on this. I, I think it is a cop out. It is a poor, and a poor attempt to save face for a very poor shoddy CGI work. I agree. I agree a thousand percent. Um, and then, you know, the speed, like Dark Flash comes in and you see young Barry start collecting like different Kryptonian. The way that was went down is very awkward. Like he, he kept going back in time to the battle, fighting in the battle and then like failing and then coming back. And you keep seeing him show up with like new bits of metal stuck in him because like he would get hit by a Kryptonian weapon and then like escape back to the speed force. And it's just like, why, how is he getting like metal lodged in his body? But then he's like able to use them as weapons without like hurting his body or, or anything like that. Like he literally gets a claw on his one hand. He's like using it like a sword. I'm like, how does that make any sense? There's a a shard of metal like lodged into his wrist, but he's like slashing Kryptonians with it. Like that would wreck his body, even if he is the Flash with fast healing. Like, like I'm so confused. And and it's the payoff for that's not even worth it because when we actually see Dark Flash, God damn, is that? costume or whatever you want to call it just horrendous looking it's terrible and i remember hearing about it i remember hearing about it like two years ago that it was going to be like flash was going to be like blue i was like so it's not going to be reverse flash and they're like no it's going to be like this evil dark blue suited flash is like the fuck and then like seeing it i'm just and like seeing it i'm like the fuck what i first saw it in um a Funko Pop leak a while ago, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, that's the villain of the movie. That looks pretty bad. I hope it's not that bad when in, in the actual movie, because you know how Funko Pops always make things look weird. Mm-hmm. Somehow the the movie version looks worse than the Funko Pop. 
it is just I don't know who designed that costume, but wow, like I I I don't think I could design an ugly looking costume if I tried. The CGI is so bad. It's like Green Lantern bad. Why was Green Lantern not in this film? If we could have gotten a Ryan Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern cameo, that would have made it so much better. Um, and then like the kind of like ending of it, where like Young Barry sacrifices himself, and since he sacrifices himself, that version of Dark Flash, Evil Flash, disintegrates and dies. So does that mean that Young Barry is dead in his universe? Yes. But again, so his, like so hold up, hold future up. future Barry. So so his parents are just gonna wake up one day and his kid their kid's gonna be missing with no explanation yeah (laughs) i'm telling you it's so awkward because like batman dies uh supergirl dies bear younger barry dies and then future barry's just like all right screw this i'm out i'm going back in time to a new timeline (laughs) it's like okay all right we're just going to so, let everything start burning to the ground and we're going to go do something else. And so like, yeah. So older Barry realizes no matter what he does, he can't fix, you know, the past is how he wants to, because if he tries to fix the past, which I don't think like even at flashpoint, like he's able to fix things in the, in the past. Right. It's been a minute since I've read that. I, don't think so. I think he does have to undo his attempt at saving his parents. He like he has to let them, you know, let their fates play out the way they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. So I think that happens, which kind of happens in this movie. Uh, he he ends up going back and is like, "All right, I can no longer save my mother, so I got to go back to the grocery store and uh, take the the can of tomatoes out of her cart." Can we talk about that scene? Yeah, of course. So, I, for the most part, I like the, like, emotional scenes that we get with Barry and his mother throughout the movie. Like, uh, mm-hmm. younger Barry, older Barry. You know, there, there's a lot of good scenes in there with the two of them. Mm-hmm. This ending scene, though, where he's, like, showing up incognito in the grocery store, mm-hmm. like, in tears... And she's just like, oh, I, I'm, I'm just some random lady, but I, you need a hug. Let me give you a hug. I'm like, why? Because of all the, the events that kind of like led up to this sequence, that sequence fell flat for me. And I yeah. Everyone, it, it, it was actually about- so awkward. She even admits she's like, I'm just some random lady, but it looks like you could use a hug. I'm like, this is somebody you do not know. This is a stranger that is looking very sketchy in the supermarket and he's like crying and she's like, oh, I'm going to give you a hug. You know, me, good for her like, to be like the stranger needs help, but like you don't just go around h- hugging random strangers in the supermarket. Like that, that you is know, a, you, you, don't, you don't just show up at Kroger and like, Hey, you want me to hug? I love going to Kroger and hugging the potential drug addict homeless guy that is crying next to the tomatoes. Who grooms people? I love you. 
Um, uh, yeah, so like that was supposed to be a very intense emotional scene, and I'm just like, I I do not buy this at all. This is just awkward. And then it goes back to like and, and like the emotional stuff. It was it was fine, but like I said, like everything just kind of like because of all the events that happened. I'm like like I'm asking is Michael Keaton's a Batman dad? Is Supergirl dead? Like all these unanswered questions, I can't get back invested into this very pivotal and emotional scene, so it falls flat for me. And so, and it was emotional, and it had it had a reason to happen, and it you know like he has to finally let go of the past, essentially, and finally has to like move forward. No pun intended. To like to be, you know, the hero he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go into the courtroom sequence, and like it's like any time that it's not any time that Barry deals with like the public, everything's like really tongue in cheek. And then you have that it gets very moment. like awkwardly comedic. Right, and then you have that Inception moment, which to me, like, if they would have played that throughout the entire movie, like, every couple, like, every, you know, like, remember in Inception, like, there's moments throughout where he, where Dom is trying to, like, he, like, he wants to see his kids again, he wants to see their faces, and then, like, play moments where, you know, he, there's one moment where he, his, his kids look, he looks away, because he knows that this isn't like the timeline that he needs to be in. Yeah. There's moments in the movie where they're kind of rehashing that. They're rehashing the the reason for him to, you know, try to get back to his kids. He needs to see in their face. It doesn't like like when when I saw Inception and he finally sees his kid's face. There's a sense of relief and joy and like finally he's with his kids, you know, and, you know, there's that big stirring moment, the scores playing and everything. This, again, just falls flat for me. It's like they took a germ of an idea, which was a good idea, but the overall execution of it was so poorly conceived that it just falls flat for me. There's no emotional weight to it. So, like, yeah, he finally gets to see his dad's face in that camera. And he is, you know, going to be set free and hallelujah. And then, you know, and then let's start. Uh, here we go, Kyle. Here's where shit's going to go off the rip. <laughs> so I remember seeing set photos of Michael Keaton you know, and Iris West and Supergirl outside a courthouse, right? And yeah. so about four days ago, someone sent me, well, I won't say someone, I saw a sequence where Barry loses a tooth. I'm like, what the, why is he losing a tooth? And all of a sudden, it's George Clooney Batman. <laughs> and Surprise! Surprise! I put two and two together because that version of Michael Keaton is driving that car. Ben Affleck was B- Affleck was driving that car at the beginning of the movie. Michael Keaton was driving that car in set photographs. I've seen him. Michael Keaton's on this on set that day. 
why is this George Clooney? What? Like, and people laugh. I'm like, no. Why do they do this? The only explanation I can reasonably come up with, and bear with me, I think they knew there was a high possibility this movie was going to flop. And so they're like, we're going to relegate Ezra Miller's flash to the George Clooney verse. That's what I was. I literally put a tweet out and tweeted at James Gunn. Like we are putting him in the shadow realm, never to be seen again. That's what I was thinking too. (laughs) That is because there is no reason to introduce this idea that this kind of goes with the end credit scene as well. That, in every universe, every timeline, Bruce Wayne is like a different person, mm-hmm. but Barry Allen stays consistent. And so does Aquaman. And, and apparently Aquaman also remains consistent, which doesn't really make much sense either. Nope, doesn't. So but there we go. It, it, I tweeted, it I is established that Barry Allen is always Ezra Miller. Aquaman is always Jason Momoa, but Bruce Wayne can be anybody. And so, and so, like, I literally tweeted, I said, is this James Gunn's way of putting Ezra Miller in the Phantom Zone of George Clooney Batman? <laughs> like, we're just going to put him off in the corner, in, in the closet here, the little section of DC <laughs> film history that we never acknowledge ever again. Did you know that this, did you have, did you know that George Clooney was supposed to show up? I have I, I heard that George Clooney was in the movie somewhere, but I thought maybe it would be like during the Speed Force section. Mm-hmm. He wasn't there. And then we get to the end of the movie, it's like boom, there he is. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Why did they do this? I don't get it. And I'm just like, what the fuck? He even says like, who the fuck are you? And I'm like that. Second- that was probably the line that got the second most laughs in my entire theater. Yes. So <laughs> let's talk about this ending, and let me read you some stuff. Uh. So this is from the Hollywood Reporter. Um. So I'm, I'm jumping into it. It was also the third ending crafted for the film, which director Andy Muschietti made through th- made through three separate regimes at Warner's. The Flash serves as a study of a movie that survived and evolved in a rapidly changing media landscape, facing the facing the dictates of several sets of studio heads and multi-billion dollar acquisition. And this is a article from Boris Kitt um, that was, you know, dropped today. And I just want to, I just want to make sure that um, I'm attributing this. So the flash began life under the studio regime run by Toby Emmerich and his lieutenant, DC Films boss Walter Hamada. Most of the shooting and post-production was undertaken under that leadership with the movie as part of Hamada's plan to have Flash build to a major reset of the entire DC cinematic universe, departing from what the one established by filmmaker Zack Snyder with Man of Steel a decade ago. Hamada planned a Flash sequel and then wanted to a movie wanted to move to a movie inspired by the 80s classic comic event, Crisis on Infinite Earths. The Flash, as it was originally conceived and shot, ended on the courthouse steps with Supergirl played by Sasha Cali and Batman played by Michael Keaton, who was featured throughout the movie as it returned Batman. It was meant to highlight that that Barry did not reset the timeline as he thought he did. 
It was an ending that was screen tested several times. One that reversed the deaths of Supergirl and Batman earlier in the film. However, the movie got caught in the lightning storm that was Discovery's acquisition of Warner Brothers in 2022. Emmerich and Hamada were ousted, and Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav was on the hunt for an executive run DC. In the meantime, Michael DeLuca and Pam Abdi were installed as Warner Brothers Pictures Group chairpersons and CEOs. They were tasked with overseeing DC in the meantime, and suddenly, and certainly not unexpectedly, they have their own plans. A new Flash ending was conceived. This new version was still on the courthouse steps, but now Callie Supergirl was joined by Superman, played by Henry Cavill, Wonder Woman, played by Gal Gadot. Keaton also remained. DeLuca and Abby believed they were being strategic with the ending. Cavill was going to cameo for DC movie Black Adam and was being teed up to return to the role in a brand new Superman movie. Supergirl was, was retained because even though the executives were killing the development of a standalone Supergirl movie, they were open to her returning in some form and didn't want the last images audiences saw of her to be at the death of the hands of villain supervillain General Zod. Meanwhile, the studio was developing a third uh, installment of Wonder Woman with filmmaker Patty Jenkins and star Godot. This was a nice way to keep Wonder Woman in the cultural conversation. This ending was shot in September involving Miller, Cavill, and Godot, as well as Keaton and Callie. Then came another lightning strike. In November, Zaslav announced that filmmaker James Gunn and producer Steve Peter Safran were to run DC Studios, overseeing all DC film and television efforts, and suddenly, and certainly not unexpectedly, had their own plans. Knowing they were resetting the DC universe under their own vision, Gunn and Safran, Safran saw that having Cavill and Godot and their new ending was potentially promising plans. I'm sorry, potentially promising something their plans was not going to deliver. One of the first actions the duo took, took was to scrap the Cavill Superman film, and they parted ways with Jack Jenkins, effectively killing the third Wonder Woman installment. The filmmakers, according to multiple people associated with the movie, then looked for alternatives but wanted to keep the germ of the idea. Barry Allen th thinks all is right, but then has the rug pulled out of. I'm sorry, I'm struggling reading this evening. But then has the rug pulled out at the last moment. They also went back to the idea joked about earlier in the filmmaking process: how many Batman can we get? Clooney was brought up as a long shot, but Gunn and Saffron jumped on the notion. The duo reached out to Clooney's agent at CAA, Brian Lord, showing him a cut of the mostly finished film. He liked it and showed it to Clooney. Clooney liked it and agreed to be a part of it. A shoot was quickly assembled, assembled, and on January morning on the Warner lots, Clooney was there as Wayne back for the first time in 26 years. Also on set was Miller, making their first appearance on the lot since that, the fateful day in August, where they met with DeLuca and Abdi to discuss their controversial behavior, including multiple arrests and steps forward. Miller was in, in top form that day, sources say, for what was described as a quick and efficient shoot. Clooney more, uh, Miller spent time together in between takes with the veteran actor having a talk with the younger actor, giving encouraging advice about the handling, being in the public eye, and behaving in public. Warner kept the new ending tucked away as much as possible. The, the studio didn't, sh didn't even screen test it. And when it screened, the movie at CinemaCon for theater owners and press in April stopped short of revealing who came to the courthouse steps. The first time the new ending was seen by anyone other than the filmmakers was at a screenings for press the week of June 4th, and then the movie's premiere last June 
12. It's rare that you have a movie in a post-production that faces three separate regimes with three separate agendas, notes and one insider. None of them were scrapped because all of ill will, just different versions. So what are your thoughts on that, Kyle? <laughs> um... We had an opportunity to have Keaton and Supergirl. Then we had an opportunity to have Keaton, Supergirl, Superman, and Wonder Woman. And then we settled for just George Clooney. Yep. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I actually like the humor of a George Clooney cameo. But I feel like it really just undermines a lot of the goodwill that this movie could have had. It, it's just like, it leaves a sour taste right at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not an optimistic, like, hopeful for the future type of ending. It's just like, oh, we're and, stuck with George Clooney. The end. And, and like, the, even George Clooney had a look on his face like, I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> right? Like, he roll, he like he kind of, he doesn't roll his eyes, but he kind of, like, lifts up his eyebrows like, I'm surprised I'm here, too. He's just like, think of the paycheck, think of the paycheck, think of the paycheck. And he looks great. Yeah. But, like, it's that man joke. has aged very well. But it's played as a joke, and like they were, like, I'm just like, I just want these films to be good, and I'm tired of this shit. Like, and like James Gunn said, this was a great movie. Zazov said this was a great movie. I can't trust them anymore. Yeah, I, we have been bamboozled. Because <laughs> so I'm, overall, I'm like, if this is the best movie since The Dark Knight, I, I, I don't know what else i i have been missing out on apparently apparently there's been a lot of movies that i thought i saw but i have not apparently because like while i don't hate this movie i I really don't i think it's actually a pretty okay movie in general it's just like there's so much about it that is dropping the ball it feels so disappointing in a lot of aspects and just like, what? How? How did we get here? So, if I were to give this movie a grade, it's like a C plus B minus. Like, there's a lot of good here. Like Ezra Miller's strong, Keaton strong, great performances from everyone. Sasha Kelly is amazing as Supergirl. The action's okay. The CGI is horrible. Um, the editing's a problem at points, but it just the there's just so many weird choices. I wanna love the movie, but I just kinda like am like, eh, I like it. It's kinda like and like I really got, went into this movie's like, man, Michael Keaton's gonna be back. I can't wait to see this. Yeah. I can't wait to finally see my Batman back on the big screen. And he does a wonderful job and like it's not played for laughs and he does and like it doesn't have like the last Jedi effect. Like it's it's not shitting on the character. But it's just kind of like the sum of its like, I don't know, like there's it's just I don't know. Like it just there it's I, I can't I wanna love it, but I can't love it. Yeah. I, I feel similarly like I I think this is honestly probably Ezra Miller's best acting performance of his career. Uh, ben, uh, Michael Keaton, great. Ben Affleck, for the short time he was ben there, Affleck. great. 
I think Sasha Kelly did a pretty good job. I would have liked to see more of her, but uh, the little bit we did get was was pretty good. But yeah, like a lot of the more technical aspects of this film just leave a lot to be desired. The writing, subpar. The the, the CGI visual effects not good at all. When things aren't uh, dick jokes, when the humor's not dick jokes, it's pretty it's pretty sophisticated, like the the Back to the Future stuff. Yeah, like uh, like there are moments and like ideas in this film that are really good. There are action sequences in this movie that are really good, but they're they're weighed down, they're bogged down by a lot of shit. <laughs> Just to put it frankly, and so like if I had to rate the film, uh, I think. I think I'm going to like just kind of take individual elements and be like, all right, this is like a higher one. This is like a lower rated one. I think my average is going to come out to like a five out of 10. I say like six, six and a half. Yeah. Somewhere like, like around average to maybe slightly above average. Cause the, the good stuff is really good and was worth seeing. But like, I don't think I would ever go back and just rewatch the entire movie. I think if I went back, I would just like go watch certain scenes out of context because it's like the actual experience of just sitting through the whole movie sounds kind of painful (laughs) i'm gonna put it very bluntly i was like for a lot of this movie i was sitting there cringing and like oh that was not very funny i don't like the scene that we're currently sitting through It, it was just stuff like that and and like like I like honestly like there's just so many weird and weird choices and the George Clooney the George Clooney stuff is very it has me worrisome about the upcoming slate of DCU films because I want to trust James Gunn he says all the right things he w- wants. TV and film and games and comics all yeah. the, together. That's the thing. Like, and then he does this. When you actually sit down and like watch a James Gunn movie, he delivers. Like he he he's always put out very high quality stuff. Mm-hmm. But then, like, he will then also go and endorse something like this and say it's amazing. And now I'm like, well, I don't know if I trust your opinion on that. <laughs> but, like, I trust well, I trust him to make good stuff, but I also am not really sure how I feel about him, like, putting his support and his name on other stuff now. You know, apparently oh. he's, like, really uh, starting to, like, hype up Blue Beetle, and he's like, oh, yeah, Blue Beetle's going to be the first movie of the right. next, like, next leg of dc and i'm like well is it i mean the trailer looks uh, okay for blue beetle but like i think it's gonna be another shazam 2 situation for that one to be honest so like i, like, I don't know i'm like really conflicted right now and like when i heard that i'm just like man no you said that the first dcu movie is gonna be superman legacy now you're telling me the first dcu character is gonna be blue beetle what if that film doesn't work what about aquaman 2 it's just like it's just kind of like it's just again it's back to being a convoluted mess and like like i said like the george Clooney thing is like i was really hoping we would get like a definitive end of the dceu with the flash but that's not what we're getting. Like the door is open because now we gotta welcome in Aquaman. 
who knows if Aquaman will close the door, but somehow I don't think it will. Do, do we want to talk about that post credit sequence with Ezra Miller? I mean, yeah, we can, but there's really not a lot to it. Like Jason Momoa, like Aquaman's drunk. Arthur's yeah. Drunk so and- I'm almost mad. I sat there and watched that whole scene. So, yeah. so for those who don't know, the post credit scene is literally just Ezra Miller and Jason Momoa walking out of the bar. Jason Momoa is just hammered. He is so drunk. And Barry Allen is just trying to explain to him like, oh, it turns out in the multiverse, uh, I'm always me. I'm always I'm always Ezra Miller. And you're always you. You're always Jason Momoa. But Bruce Wayne's a different guy. Like, he, sometimes he looks this way and sometimes he looks that way. And then, like, Jason Momoa passes out drunk. Black, he blacks out and lands in a puddle. And then Ezra Miller says, like, oh, well, I guess I'm going home. And that's the end of the scene. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna have Aquaman pass out drunk and lay in a puddle. But could you? Imagine, we are giving so much respect to these characters. Could you imagine if the movie ended with Cavill and Gal Gadot, Keaton, Supergirl? Like it felt yeah. like that. That feels like it's going somewhere. I I almost feel like <laughs> they're like trying to send a message with this, or like. We're trying to drown the previous DCEU legacy in a puddle. I, um, I feel like if they could have drowned Henry Cavill, Superman, somehow they would have, but they just couldn't find a way to do it. So they're like, oh, we'll settle for Jason Momoa instead. So is Jason Momoa supposed to be Aquaman, you know, post, you know, Aquaman 2? Well, I mean, according to this, he, Jason Momoa is always Aquaman in the, the multiverse. And Ezra Miller is always the Flash in the multiverse. I, that I don't. I don't know how I feel about that. I really hope that's not the case. I hope not either. I really don't want him to be. I really don't want Ezra Miller to be the Flash any longer. I don't know. There's just. It just. It just. I wanted to love this film, but I kind of. I kind of walked out of this film with a bad taste in my mouth. And a lot of people, I'm not, I see a lot of people and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's so emotional. It's the best DCU movie. But general, it's general audiences are not going to this film. No. It's got a B cinema score. It had a opening Which, review. Which, I want to remind people, a B cinema score is, is lower than Justice League. Yes. I think that I got a B plus. Black Adam got a B plus. Black Adam got a B plus. This did worse than Black Adam and Justice League. And and it just and for those people who enjoy this film, like I'm not here to to talk down to you. Like everyone is, everyone is has the ability. Everyone has the you know right to their opinion. Everybody but- can and should form their own opinions, and they're sure. entitled to those opinions. But I personally just have a hard time like really seeing the positives outweigh the negatives for this one. The bad CGI, the the nonsensical narrative, the 
the and like we're not even talking about like the controversy that's surrounding the star. We're talking about right. like, the actual like filmmaking. Like Ezra no, Miller we, was actually good in this movie, but that does not make me want to see him more than I already have. Um I don't know, like I, I this movie, this this movie ha- is going to have a ton of ramifications going forward, and it's weird to me that James Gunn scheduled Superman screen test today. <laughs> Very you convenient know that? timing. That I, that's the first I'm hearing about it, but it's kind of funny. So, so that article, that article from Boris, Boris said in a tweet after dropping that article that. Today, he's screen testing Superman and Lois Lane. Convenient, right? Yeah. Here is some news to distract people from the box office reportings. It's it's not good. And people who say that box office number is good is 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 drinking. I, I want to know what you're smoking. Can I have some? Can I have no. some? So, so um. Here's the thing about the box office number. This is it's a bad. this is a holiday weekend. Like we are getting like a three day weekend because of uh, Juneteenth or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's four day weekend. Yes, and it's still underperforming Black Adam by a couple million. Yeah, okay. and this is it, like it, what like, did Black Adam's run finish at? Do you remember? I don't remember. I think it was like three seventy seven. Let's say Flash somehow makes it to 370. That is not recouping its costs whatsoever. No, because they spent $330 million on this film. And they can say that this movie had $190, $190 million budget. That's incorrect. They can say this movie had $230 million budget. That's incorrect. This movie spent over $300 million. And I don't know where they spent all that money. Honestly, I don't because they I know they reshot. They were re I know for a fact from people, uh, Justin, they had to buy a lot of PlayStation threes to render this cutscene. So, right. They, they were reshooting this movie all last summer. Then they reshot in January. I know that was just a day. But they have been reshooting and reshooting and reshooting a lot on this film. Did it make it any better? And like that was the thing. Like we talked about Wonder Woman 1984, like because that, that movie was delayed. Remember? And like, why couldn't this movie been tighter? I, and better? I remember like, we, they delayed it a while. Uh, Wonder Woman that was, and then when we saw it, we're like, this is the final product. Like it's been sitting in storage for like half a year or like a year. And this is what we got. And that's kind of how I feel about this. I'm like, this movie has like, for the most part, been in production for like a decade. And this is what we got. It's been, it's yes. They've been trying to make this movie for 10 years. That's wild. 24 and a half million last night. Let's put that in perspective. I think, uh, I think Across the Spider-Verse made more and it's been out for like three weeks. Across the Spider-Verse did $120 million <laughs> in opening weekend. This movie is going to barely get to 60. 
Yikes. David Zasloff probably should step down. This is a publicly traded company and people's money, people have invested their money into this company. And he said this is the greatest superhero movie he's ever seen. Has he ever seen superhero movies? Did he ever see Logan? Did he ever see The Dark Knight? He, he has he seen, seen a total of three superhero movies in his entire life. He's seen Which Batman and Robin, The Flash, Green and Green Lantern. <laughs> and Jonah Hex. And Jonah Hex. <laughs> he, he might have also seen Daredevil at some point. Fan four stick. Fan four stick. <laughs> God damn. I don't know. Like I just like I said, I don't understand. I don't understand. I just don't. I don't get. The Flash. The Flash will be an example of how not to set expectations for your audience. How to not miss, you know, how to not handle multiversal crossovers. How to not promote problematic actors. (laughs) Oh, there's all kinds of things that people can learn from the Flash. There was no marketing or publicity for this film. I don't remember seeing Michael Keaton on Jimmy Fallon. I don't remember seeing Sasha Cali on uh, Jimmy Kimmel. I don't remember seeing uh, Kiersey Clemens on Good Morning America. Like, I don't see... Do you see t-shirts of Batman, new Batman merch in... At Walmart or Target? Nope. Like they could have, they literally could have had a T-shirt with the Batflex symbol on one half and the the Keaton verse. And the Keaton verse, yeah, that that would have been sweet. Would have liked to have seen some Supergirl merch. Like I said, I feel bamboozled. C plus B minus. Um, are you gonna see this movie again in nah. theaters? Have you seen Spider-Verse? Yeah, I saw Spider-Verse. You saw Across the Spider-Verse? Part of me was actually kind of mad when I got out of The Flash because I sat there in the in my car and I was like, the time and money I just spent to watch that, I could have went and saw Spider-Verse a second time. Yes. I, you, he, so Kyle messaged me today earlier. He goes, it was like noon. I think it was like noon my time. He yeah. Goes, <laughs> I, had literally, I was literally sitting there watching the end credits and I, I – texted justin i was just like what the fuck did i just watch and i i think i sent that to you as well didn't i send that to you? yeah you you're like what the fuck was that <laughs> that, that i just want good dc movies i just don't i just don't i just this don't. movie does not give you just a strong like yes or no this is it's just a very confusing feeling that we both had after watching this movie where where does this where does this film rank for you in the dceu films uh so i think i would put like wonder woman 84 and the suicide not the suicide but like the first suicide squad those would probably be lower near the bottom this one would probably be like a tier above it you know it'd probably be around like birds of prey you give me your opinion on Batflex suit uh, in this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very ugly. I don't know whose idea it was to like 
<laughs> put, his, put a bunch of holes in his suit and be like, yeah, here we go. Um, so you said, so give me that list again. So let me go through the list. There's Man of Steel, there's Wonder Woman, there's Shazam, Suicide Squad, Aquaman, <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice I, League, BBS. I will say, Flat, okay, I think at Shazam some point, I think at some point we do need to do like a proper tier list. But mm-hmm. for me, the Flash would be like second to the bottom in terms of tiers. Like for me, the worst DC movies are like Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman eighty four, and then I think I would put the Flash above them with like. Your what about what about Birds of Prey? What about Black Adam? I think those would be like on the same tier as Flash. So so here here's my list. Birds of Prey is my least favorite. Then it's Justice League. Uh huh. Then it's Wonder Woman eighty four. Then it's Suicide Squad, and this this is going to change again. Like we're gonna we're gonna sit down and think about this. We'll do a proper list one of these days. Because, like, because this is supposed to end the DCEU, right? So we'll we'll we'll. Do we'll, the, we'll we technically still got Aquaman, Aquaman two. But we can we can we can we can do this. So what was the last one I said? Uh, I think you said Suicide Squad. So I said Birds of Prey. Black Adam, Justice. I, I think I said Justice League first, but it's going to be Birds of Prey, Black Adam, Justice League, Wonder Woman eighty four, Suicide Squad, Shazam two, mm-hmm. BVS. No, I'm sorry. Shazam to the Flash, okay. BVS, Aquaman, The Suicide Squad, Zack Snyder's Justice League. No, I'm sorry, Wonder Woman, Man of Steel, Z- Man of Steel and Zack Snyder's Justice League are like neck and neck for me. That makes sense. And then still, Shazam's my favorite. Yeah, that that I think that's a pretty good list. So where where are you at of those films? Uh, Flash is like mid at best, but like I I think it might even what's creep. Your top, what's your top three or four. Top three or four. Um, Shazam, Man of Steel, Zack Snyder's Justice League, and the first Wonder Woman. What did you all think about The Flash? Did you like it, dislike it, love it, hate it? We want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts. We want to hear if you thought the end credit sequence with George Clooney as Batman, Bruce Wayne, was a good idea, a bad idea. What did you think? Um, Don't forget your bat credit cards. um, Definitely... Let us know your thoughts. We want to hear from you. Make sure what you can do to support us is follow this podcast page. Go to our Facebook page. Give us a like, uh, the Shanlin on Batman podcast. You can follow us on Shanlin on Bat um, on Twitter. You can follow me on uh, Twitter at Batman Shanlin. You can follow Tom on Twitter at Batman Baselap, even though he doesn't do social media much anymore. And you can follow Kyle on Twitter at... Looting Kyle. Make sure that you give this a comment, 
go to our iTunes, give us a grade. We want we want feedback from you on this episode. We want feedback from you um, on your thoughts on the Flash. So with that, episode 200 is in the can, and thank you so much for listening.